Devotions from Easter Sunday, April 4th, 2010, from St. John's Lutheran Church, Hancock, Minnesota. Dear friends in Christ, fellow worshipers of our risen Savior, Jesus. Seashells, not usually something we think about at Easter time, is it? Seashells, they, they probably bring to mind more beaches, ocean, swimming, sunbathing, the hot summer afternoon sun. Not quite the same thing as an early spring morning with the coolness of the air still clinging. Seashells. Maybe you have seen seashells used as a symbol in churches. For centuries, the seashell has been a a symbol of of baptism. And maybe you've seen it pictured with, with three drops of water falling from it, reminding us how through the water and word of baptism we were Reborn into the family of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But what does baptism have to do with Easter? Well, dear friends, baptism makes this not only the day of Jesus' resurrection, but your resurrection day as well. For you see, in baptism, you were baptized into Christ. That means you died with him, and so also you were raised to life with him. And that is the miracle that continues in your heart as you continue to follow Jesus in faith, listening to his word and obeying his voice. In baptism, you were connected to Jesus. You became alive with him. For you see, before Baptism, we were dead in sin. That's the way everyone begins their earthly life, dead in sin. The, uh, King David wrote, Surely I've been sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And what can a dead body do? It can't sit up, it can't take a step, can't decide or choose anything. And in the same way, We were dead in sin, unable to take a step toward God, unable to make a choice or a decision for Jesus until the Holy Spirit came into our hearts and made us alive through the water and word of baptism. For there he connected you to Jesus and through faith in Jesus you still live spiritually. For in baptism you were connected with Christ. You died with him and were raised to life with him. And that means now, now you are spiritually alive through faith in Jesus. Before we were spiritually dead. Yes, people think they can make spiritual decisions, but really everything we choose without faith in Jesus, everything is is separating us from God. But now that you have been connected to Christ and that he is raised from the dead, that means you too have a new life before God. Our sin has been nailed to the cross with him. We die to sin just as surely as Jesus died on that cross. And so also, just as surely as he was raised on that Easter morning, so also you and I, we have a new life. A new life where now, through Jesus, you have the power to say no to sin and to live for God, to live for him who died for you. Because Jesus lives. We live before God. So when you see a seashell, remember your baptism. Remember that you are connected to Jesus 
that you died with him, you died to sin, and you have been raised to life with him. And therefore, you can live before God in righteousness and purity, following Jesus. This Easter day is your resurrection day. For in baptism, you were connected to Jesus. Think about that as you listen to the words Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6. Devotion to Easter Lilies. Dear friends in Christ, the Easter Lily, that's, that's probably a symbol of Easter much more recognizable than a seashell. And as we look at the Easter Lily, there, there are several different things we can see symbolized here. Just the fact that it's green and alive after a long winter of cold, darkness, and deadness reminds us of the resurrection. And, and we'll talk more of that in the, the last part today. And if you look at the um, pollen, the gold there, and the trumpet shape of the flower, that, that reminds us of the, the victory of Easter, like the gold medal or the trumpet announcing the return of the conqueror. And we'll talk about that more in the next part. But for this part, we want to focus on the color of the Easter lily, white. Same color that you see on the altar cloths there. White, the color of purity and faithfulness. For you see, Easter, Easter declares that Jesus is the pure one, the holy one, the righteous one, not one speck of sin, not one smudge of guilt. Even though he was condemned and crucified as a criminal, Easter is God overruling that verdict. God raised Jesus from this dead saying, this is my son who is holy, who is perfect, who is pure as white. Easter is the vindication, you might say, that shows Jesus is the righteous one. But there's more to it than that because, like we said in the first part, in baptism you were raised with Christ. So that Easter verdict that declares Jesus vindicated, justified, righteous, that's also our verdict. Yes, for Jesus, he truly was in his very nature holy. For us, we are sinners. That is true. That is our nature. We are dirty with sin. But because of Easter, God in his courtroom has declared you and me not guilty. He has declared us to be white and pure as Jesus. That is the verdict of Easter. That is what calls us to believe, to trust in Jesus as our Savior, as the righteous one who not only paid for our sins on that cross, but also covers us with his perfect life, his right record, so that his pureness, his whiteness is ours. But how can you know that's the truth? Well, that's the other symbolism in the white color, faithfulness. We know this is true because God is faithful. So many of the things we know, we, we know them because we trust the person who told it to us. You know, we trust our teachers at school and assume those facts they teach us are the truth. We trust our parents, we trust others. But every human being can err and make mistakes, but not God. He is perfectly faithful, and Easter declares that so resoundingly. For Jesus rose just as he said he would. 
You, you heard the angel say that in the gospel. Remember what he told you, they t- said to the women, that he would have to suffer and die and on the third day be raised again. There, Easter, the, the resurrection of Jesus, his body leaving that tomb, there, that is the ultimate proof that what God says is true, that God is faithful. If, if Jesus' bones were still in the vicinity of Jerusalem, rotting away, then, then don't be here today, don't read your Bibles, it's all nonsense. But Jesus did rise from the dead. That is the yes and exclamation point behind all of God's promises. From the very beginning to Adam and Eve in the garden down to us today. That is why our faith is founded on the resurrection of Jesus. God has been faithful to his word. And therefore, dear friends, build your faith on that firm foundation. God is faithful. He does not go back on what he says. When he promises that the whiteness of Jesus Christ, his purity counts for you, that promise is true. Even though our conscience will still accuse us, God overrules our conscience. When God says, I am there for you, even though at times it appears we are so alone and going through such difficult times, know that God's promise is true because he is faithful. For Jesus rose from the dead. And notice how Jesus wanted there to be no doubt about his resurrection. He made it perfectly clear, not only appearing to the women on that Easter morning. Then people could say, well, that was just the imagination of those women. They just got excited and thought they saw Jesus. No. He appeared to, to, to the disciples and others many times. He appeared to them individually at times and at other times in groups. He appeared to those who knew him well, so they realized this was not an imposter. This was not a pretender. This was the same Jesus that they had spent years with learning from. The same Jesus they saw there on the cross. The same Jesus who limp, dead body was laid in the tomb. He was now alive, for God is faithful. Yes, we have the testimony of those witnesses who saw Jesus alive, who touched him with their hands, who who put their fingers in the nail prints and their their fist in their side. And, And these people weren't just making up a story either because they stood by what they said, even paying for it in their blood. For so many of them died a martyr's death, faithfully witnessing to the truth that Jesus has risen, that he is our Savior, that God is faithful. So dear friends, Build your faith on the Lord's promises. For Jesus has risen. God is faithful. His promises are true. Listen now to the evidence of our Savior's resurrection as the Apostle Paul recounts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the second lesson printed on the back of the bulletin. He reminds us of these resurrection appearances that tell us that Jesus did indeed rise. That God is faithful. He keeps his word. Devotion 3, Easter Trophy. Dear friends in Christ, trophy, symbol of victory, and so also a very fitting symbol for Easter. For Jesus has won the victory. And in particular, let us think of how he won the victory over our arch enemy, Satan. Back in the Garden of Eden, Satan won. He conquered the human race, leading Adam and Eve into sin. 
And so, he enslaved humanity. Every one of us that have been born of sinful parents have been born as slaves to Satan. For when you are born from slaves, you are slaves. Yes, sometimes people think that you know, they, they're free to make their own choices in life, do their own thing, do as they please, but whenever we follow our sinful desires, we're following Satan. Yes, it's not just the devil worshippers who are his slaves, it's when people let sin rule in their hearts instead of Jesus. For you see, there is no in-between. Either we are following Jesus or we are following Satan. There is no in-between. We all began life as slaves to Satan. We needed a deliverer, a conqueror. And that is what Easter shows Jesus to be. He has conquered Satan. Early Easter morning, after his body came back to life, but before he made his resurrection appearances, Jesus descended into hell. And you could say he had a victory parade down the capital street of hell, showing that he, he had won the victory that not even in hell itself did the Satan rule, but that Jesus, the Son of God and Son of Man, he was the conqueror, the victor, the trophy belonged to him. He had broken Satan's power over us. This is what had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament, not only with words, but also in the, the, the life of the nation of Israel of the, in the Old Testament. For remember how that nation began as slaves in Egypt under physical slavery to Pharaoh. There was nothing they could do to escape from that slavery. So God sent the deliverer, Moses. And through Moses, he brought them out of that slavery. And when things seemed so desperate that they were pinned against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was bearing down on them, the Lord parted the sea. And his people crossed over safely. And when the, their enemy tried to follow them, they saw the waters come down and destroy their enemy. God has given us a much greater deliverer than Moses. His own son he sent to set us free from that slavery to Satan. That slavery that, that at times we do, do not even realize that we were in. So diabolical it is. But Jesus has set us free. Bringing you through the water of baptism to the other side. Free from the power of Satan. Free to live for your Savior. Free to serve him who lived and died for you and rose again after the people of Israel were brought safely over, they sang a victory song. The Lord is my strength and my salvation, uh, and song. He has become my salvation. And that, dear friends, that is our victory song as well, that we sing today and, and proclaim today, that Jesus is our song and our strength, and he has become our salvation, for he is the conqueror, he has won the victory over Satan and he gives us that victory through faith in him. Listen now to those words that the children of Israel sang when they were celebrating the victory God had won for them. It's the first lesson on the back of the bulletin, Exodus 14, 15, verses 1 through 11. 
Part 4. Easter eggs. An Easter egg. Something we see a lot of this time of the year. And another thing that can remind us of Easter. Outwardly, the egg just looks like a smooth stone. And yet, an egg that isn't hard-boiled, but, but kept with its mother hen and kept warm, one day cracks and out comes life, a baby chick. And so also at the Easter tomb of Jesus, his body was laid there dead as a stone. Yes, it was truly dead. It wasn't like an egg that really has life in it, even though it looks dead. He, he was dead, dead as a stone. But then Easter morning, the tomb is cracked open and out comes life. Jesus is alive, risen from the dead. And that is the promise to you and me, dear friends, that through faith in Jesus, we too will live forever with him in heaven. Yes, our bodies too grow old. They become debilitated. They die. We become dead as a stone and those bodies are put into the ground and they decay and rot and turn to dust. But our risen Savior will return in his glory on the last day and crack open those tombs. And out of our grave will you and I come alive. Oh, not like a horror movie, living zombies, but alive with a glorified body. Alive, just as Jesus was raised from the dead. That's what awaits all who follow Jesus in this life and believe in him as their Savior. Yes, the unbelievers too will be raised, but you can't really say they're raised to a life. They are raised to a living death, a never-ending torture in hell. But for us who follow Jesus, just like that Easter tomb was opened and Jesus was alive and glorified, so also will you and I be. That is the promise of Easter. So that you and I can say with Job, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And though my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh will I see God, whom I will see for myself. I will see him with my own eyes, how my heart yearns within me. And as our hearts yearn for that day that we will be with Jesus in his glory, he also gives us a foretaste of that heavenly banquet. In his holy supper here, as the risen Jesus gives you his body to eat and his blood to drink, it is a foretaste of that heavenly banquet when we will be raised to eternal life. For Jesus has won the victory over death, and he gives us the victory, even as the Apostle Paul declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 